Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied podcast. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorne and Robbie as your dungeon-occupying story weavers, we wish to help you as players and dungeon masters, new, veteran, or aspiring, with questions, ideas for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. In this episode, we are going to rediscuss integrating horror into our tabletop game, uh, if you guys noticed, uh, listeners, the episode two, uh, well, really episode one through 12, uh, had some bad audio issues and we apologize for that, but we figured out a new way to edit and we have new mics and new computers. Uh, and so we will be doing better, but this topic is integrating horror and there's going to be new, uh, content and new ideas inevitably in this episode. So please continue listening. Robbie and Thorn with Hello. me today. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, so yeah. Uh last time that we talked about the topic, um, we kind of went like a little round robin of how we like to integrate horror. Uh, so we could do a quick uh, you know, like snippet of like, hey, how do you really put uh horror into your game? And then we can go on to uh, ideas and stories and things that we can help other DMs and uh, players integrate horror into their characters and games. Sounds good. Okay. So, uh, Thorn, actually, I'd like you to start because I really like the horror that you bring into World of Darkness campaigns. I... I, I do enjoy World of Darkness is basically a horror-themed RPG anyway. And I really do enjoy horror. I like the suspense of it. I like the drama of it. I like to get people's, you know, reactions. Mm-hmm. And I tend to, to do a lot of, like, the impossible enemy. Okay. Uh, I, I like bringing that to where it, it seems impossible. It seems like you can't beat them. But there is ways to do it. And with the horror I bring in, and, and I try to personalize it to each player. Okay. So a lot of the things I do, because I like backstories, I like RP. Mm-hmm. It's World of Darkness, it's very RP heavy. Right. Um, I, I like to get people's backstories, and I like to use their backstories in the horror. Nice. I kind of do a similar thing, uh, but I focus a lot more on the environment in general. So like there's, there is that impossible enemy that you, you referenced, but it's more, I'm just, I'm not describing the impossible enemy. I could care less about him or her, but what the impossible enemy is doing to the environment and how the environment itself is full of dread and, you know, uh, the whole dark and stormy night type of intro, um, especially in one shots, being able to just do, you know, maybe five to 10 minutes of uh, a kind of like a session zero before the one shot and it, describing the, the, the scene before the, the characters come in, um, that tends to lean a little bit more on the player side of immersion. And so that's what I like to use. What about you, Ruby? Um, 
I'm a little more into, um, I, I, as opposed to the un, the unbeatable um, enemy, I'm more into the unknown enemy. The, the using the fear of, of not understanding or the fear of, um, the fear of not comprehending um, the situation that you were in. Um, mm -hmm. I enjoy doing like, I like a creeping like uh, creeping vines or like mysterious trees or uh, the environment warping around the unnatural. Um, I like keeping the monster or creature hidden for long periods of time to ensure that the player's imagination is much more terrifying than anything I could ever come up with. So right. keeping, their, keeping their interest and using their own um, creativity against them I usually will create a creature that's a lot more terrifying before it's fully revealed and you all are fighting it. Um, but that's that's kind of my favorite thing. It's kind of setting setting that tone, setting that that ambiance for the uh, for the game, um, mm -hmm. just using that and taking that through so that people are on edge the whole time while they're playing, and so that way they can really everyone's just like hyper aware and like super focused, and I, I use all of that reaction against them um for my for my horror um i do a lot of body horror and so i do a lot of body horror yeah you do and a lot of ghosts <laughs> yeah, i i um <laughs> i i enjoy um warping um the familiar into into creepy like things um especially uh <laughs> turning people into monsters one of my favorite things to do so you know and that's actually a fun thing to, to roll off of is turning people into monsters uh, for listeners and uh, for players and DMs alike. Um, if you, you, you can start out in a campaign that is not necessarily happy-go-lucky, but at least, you know, it seems mild and, you know, you're constantly wondering when the DM is going to throw that, that evil thing to you. Um, or if as a DM, you may not even know when you're going to throw the evil thing at, at them. Um, but if you just have like something nonchalant, even something as simple as it's not necessarily horror, but as simple as a d disease, you know, you could describe um, Dungeons and Randomness did this uh, really well. Um, the Jason described a, a treasure chest and a dead body on the side of the road. And he described the, described the scene, talked about how really uh, fucked up the the body was and how his arm was draped over the uh the treasure chest and one of the players was like all right well i i move his arm and i open up the the chest and it was just the way that jason paused and he was like okay merrick let me ask you one question do you wear gloves and it just like the entire party was like oh shit like we really fucked up <laughs> so so that that timber in the voice and the pause and just the way that you ask a question can also really really fuck with a person oh completely and just to be to be uh honest with with the listeners if you if you plan on doing body horror of any kind make sure your players are okay yes because there's a lot of people out there that can't handle body horror i like to also specify a lot. I also like to specify what kind of body horror it is because some people are specific about the kind of body horror they can't do. I've had players who can't do eyes, um, mm -hmm. I've had players that can't do holes, 
in the body, like unnatural holes. Um, I've had uh, players that can do like, um, like, in, like full like insides out or any or anything along those lines. So right, yeah, it, it just entirely depends on on what you uh, that what your uh, what your trigger warning is. So I always like to preface my horror games with, "Hey, we're going to be playing horror. Is there anything? Is there any hard um, hard boundaries for anybody?" Uh, yeah. Um, one of the best examples was when we're, we're I was playing uh, for Adventures League, and like one of them was one of them was like at any moment or any time, if anyone feels uncomfortable with the kind of horror that if you, like if you don't want to give like if you don't want to give a specific trigger warning only because um, it might give away uh, points. Um, of your story, uh, I usually will be like, if anyone has any issues or any problems, like immediately stop me. Like, don't let me continue, don't let me finish, just stop me and we can like reassess, you know? Uh, yeah. But of course that doesn't always work with every trigger warning, but most of the time my players are very okay with it, so. Yeah, and I think, you know, going off of that with the Adventures League, you know, it's not possible to know every trigger of your table uh, you know, I mean, there's there's obviously exceptions like we play with the same six people and we have for the past like three years. Um, right. So we get a feel for it. But if you're a brand new player to the table or you're a brand new DM to that table, um, you know, because there's a lot of websites that are doing DM services, including ours, shameless plug. Um, but uh, if we're if we're going to set up a table with brand new people, even if we tried and we're like, hey, you know, we've got xyz uh trigger warnings in the middle of the game somebody could stop us and say hey you forgot about trigger warning w and you're like I i'm sorry let's you know we can we can stop and, and reassess things um and there's nothing wrong uh we talked about it uh in a previous episode but there's nothing wrong with just saying hey let's take a five minute uh bathroom break and check in with that person that uh that doesn't look uh, comfortable because sometimes you've got to read the table and see that a person's uncomfortable and it doesn't seem like they want to uh to stop the game to uh, to address it you can stop it yourself as a, a story weaver and say hey let's take a bathroom break really quick and you go to the bathroom whatever and when you come back you take that person aside and just say hey what's going on like how are you feeling is there anything i can change your uh, to help your experience and nine times out of ten they're gonna they're gonna say what it is and sometimes they won't and there's nothing you can do about that but that's also they're taking that responsibility so as long as you give every effort to provide the best experience for everyone then you're good exactly and that's actually a really excellent point because um one of the uh, dungeons and dragons is a very is a social game but it's a very social game but it also attracts a lot of um players who are who find it very complicated to um to kind of describe or um or really like communicate um what like they're what really like it may, is making them uncomfortable so as a dm you should really pay attention to their body language especially if you're doing horror pay attention to the body language of your players because if you see them flinch or you see them um if you see them acting in a way that they seem uncomfortable it's important to note that because a lot of people although it might seem like obvious to one person or the other to communicate what's bothering you. A lot of people find it very hard to do that. 
So yeah. yeah, just and another another thing that I, it just popped into my head as you were talking, Robbie, is as a as a DM or a story weaver, take care of yourself as well. If a player brings something up that you're not comfortable with, it is not your responsibility to just let those things happen. Exactly. Um, I mean, there's a whole subreddit uh, called D and D Horror Stories, and it's not the type of horror story that we're talking about today. Like it's it you just you have to take care of yourself. And if you're like, hey, I'm not comfortable with, you know, such and such topic, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, we can retcon uh, what your decision was for this NPC and let's move on. And, you know, hopefully you have a, a good person that's going to just say, okay, and, and change topics. And if you don't, there's nothing wrong with kicking a person from the table if it escalates to that, that point. Exactly. Um, because yeah, as a dungeon master, you have to make sure to set your hard boundaries with your players, especially when you start a new game with players you don't know. Um, I've made the mistake of not setting my hard boundaries uh, with uh, with players and um, have been with new players that I've had and I've had some very interesting experiences with like backstories and like um, content that they like, the way everybody writes their characters differently, everybody writes what they one in their world differently. And I can appreciate um, certain uh, more mature things in my for my characters and my campaign, but there are some things that I just do not allow in my game. And so making sure to have that conversation early, um, especially in a horror campaign is important because horror um, kind of has its, uh, has its origins, a bunch of different um, genres, subgenres as well. So like, yeah everybody's experience with horror is different. Everybody has had um, a history with horror differently as well. So you're never gonna know what they're gonna bring with them for their for a horror campaign. Right, and back me up, Soren. Uh, at the same time. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, you know, back me up. Uh, the, the more important thing is, is that session zero, because we when we started, there wasn't really a session zero uh, kind of like implemented into D&D. Um, or at least it wasn't talked about when I started, um, but it's, now it's, it's becoming more and more common, and that's it's great. It's that that's the important thing. It, personally, me, I like session zeros, and I will like when I I really like when I'm starting a new game or a new campaign, and I've got players. I want to meet with them one on one. I want to go over their backstories. I want to help in any way I can to, for their creation of. It. You know, I want to hear their ideas, what they think, and maybe I can interject a little thing to make it a little better for them. If they take them, they do. They don't, they don't. It's just, yeah. it's a good thing to have a one-on-one on that. Mm-hmm. And that's another good idea for another session, another podcast is a session zero. Oh, yeah. And the, the really important part of that also is it helps you, um, it helps you uh, implement, like, or understand, like, expectations um, you can kind of get the expectations of the player for the game and they can kind of kind of see how you want to play this game and like, you can discuss like different stuff. It just it's important to do that and to communicate um, what you are expecting out of this D&D session as well. Because yeah. everybody will go haywire and um, pigs will start to fly and hell will open up and it's just all kinds of crazy stuff. Horror, horror is, um, writing horror is, very isn't easy but it's very easy to comprehend because if you're writing horror usually writing what scares you and it's very easy to write what scares you but when talking about horror um it's important that you recognize 
that some things can make people uncomfortable. So I feel like if we're going to talk about horror, like it's also important to talk about boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Players. And I think that's why that we're like circling around that so hard right now is because it's, I mean, it is the most paramount thing for any tabletop game, not just Dungeons and Dragons, but any tabletop game. First, first and foremost, consent is key. <laughs> uh, and it's not just the consent that we normally talk about. It's consent to body horrors, consent to scary images, consent to scary sounds, because sometimes, you know, uh, Robbie and I, for sure, we like to use sound in the background to really mess with somebody. And if that is making you too uncomfortable to play with, you have to talk to your dungeon master or to your player and say, hey, I'm that I'm not okay with that. Can we just change the music to something else? Or, you know, maybe it's that you might be the best DM in the world and it's too immersive for one player and they don't enjoy it. I like to use 70s rock. Yeah, I mean, hey, that works. What if what if what would you say, <laughs> Thorne, if somebody was like, you know, 70s rock makes me uncomfortable? I tell them to get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> Hey, uh, 70s rock makes me really uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It brings back too many bad memories. It brings back too many bad memories. <laughs> I just shake my cat on him. <laughs> I like to- your cat brings back too many bad memories. Jeez. <laughs> What's your husband um, is allergic to the cat? So I mean, <laughs> I mean that's true. Oh, we started back up. Oh yeah. Okay. So, and, and when I do horror, I like I also like to use suspense. Suspense, yeah. In the way, and 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 I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong. I really like throwing in horror tropes every once in a while. You know, everyone complains or or seems to complain about tropes, and you know. Uh, it and like uh what is it uh cliche stories but sometimes those are can be really fun like if you if you use a a really cliche werewolf trope and you do it well it i mean it, it could be a really fun experience um and i i think that you've done it the best thorn because you like to to bring in history on top of a trope um and so that I mean, we could talk about that a little bit, but in in the world of darkness campaigns, I mean, you brought Jack the Ripper <laughs> into <Yeah>. your game, <laughs> which was actually a lot of fun. Yeah. Actually, I put a lot of planning into that, and I think it worked out really well. It did. Uh, I, I, in, in my campaign, and, and I, I know the listeners have heard it is, is very much a history based. It's got a lot of time jumps in, it, and they're. So far, they've all just seen to go backwards, but they're going to go forward, too. Mm-hmm. So, and if you just, like, look at history, there is nothing more scary than what humans do to other humans. Oh, it is. That is true. A lot of my... And it's terrifying. <laughs> it and, and at the current spot in, in my campaign is the, the Salem Witch Trials. And there were this, this, all, everything, these women and, and men were murdered. 
because of three bratty little kids. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. And, and to bring that and, and bring it to life with, especially with, with our current group, who I feel it resonates more with, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's been a lot of fun for me. I mean, I've had a blast with <laughs> And there's been a lot of surprises, and it just it, it flowed really well. And so at the same time, you can throw in classic werewolf tropes. You can throw in vampire tropes. I mean, just little things that if you have a really, really super heavy dark session, which in World of Darkness can happen. Uh, next time, make it a little more fun. Throw in some tropish stuff, you know, the the scary old lady that, that you know, everybody thinks is a witch or, or something, you know, something from the horror movies you watch. The the dickhead dad that's in the horror movies that never seems to listen to anybody but himself because he's a man. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. The seductive vampire. Little horror tropes like that can actually lighten the mood a little bit because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, horror-themed campaigns can get dark and heavy at times. Oh, yeah, for sure. They really can. And I, I think, you know, that's, like you were saying, is is make sure that you're um, balancing it out. Because even, like, even without horror, I mean, you can take a campaign uh you know, for instance, like our campaign that we did for a year and a half, Arc One, it started getting darker and darker as time progressed. And, you know, granted, it was because we were headed towards a God War with Cthulhu, but that was, it was still like, oh, it wasn't necessarily, you know, coming right out of the bat, like, hey, this is a horror campaign. It's just that it had horror elements to it. And that's something that you as a DM can do is just throw in a couple of elements here and there instead of making the whole thing based on horror. Um, but if you, if it starts getting heavy, you know, I had, uh, I had a player leave my campaign because it was getting too heavy uh, because most of us, if not all of us come to play any game to have fun. And when it becomes an issue where we're just starting to not have fun for any reason, it's time to reevaluate or to at least remove yourself from that situation for a time. And that's what, you know, this, this player did was that she removed herself for a little bit. And then when the, the war ended and everything was uh, a little bit better off, she was able to come back. And it wasn't because of the game itself. It was just things that were happening in life and she wanted something else. Um, So that's, that's something else to pay attention to. Exactly. Tell me this. Out of all of us, you do the most horror. Well, that's because I'm a monster and like a pro. <laughs> like, I, I, I story weave World of Darkness. It's a horror based RPG. Yeah. And you still do more horror than I do. That is true. Um, and I'm only evil in different ways. <laughs> I just. And I, and just what, what, why do you love it so much? Oh, good question. Because, um, well, I mean, because the world's a dark and terrible place. I mean, like, I, I, I don't know. I love, I love horror themes because, um, because even, because horror can be found in like everyday things. Um, mm-hmm. The, the, 
it's easy to kind of um, really point out or um, make a threat seem a lot more frightening if I describe it in a way that's like terrifying. So like everybody's like the dragon, like uh, for example, everybody's like, well, let's go fight the dragon. And some people describe the dragon as uh, towering and like blowing out fire and like it's, it's ready to attack and everything. But I like to describe the dragon as like um, scaly snake-like slithering on the ground, huge eyes glowing in the darkness because it's a terrifying being. And I just, I'm more familiar with horror concepts um, to kind of like uh, do that. But my draw to horror is more, I, I feel like it's the true, it's like a true essence of like something evil that you all are fighting. So we're adventurous, supposed to be good guys, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and you all are fighting something that's um, like evil or not like, not right with the world. And so uh, I like to use horror to kind of express the unnatural in the world. And it's just, it's easy, it's easy for me to draw inspiration from that. Because I, I see like, I see these creatures in the monster manual, all of them are terrifying and I'd hate to run into them in an alley. And like, yeah. It's like, I like to even, I like to take even like the smaller creatures inside the monster's manual and just make them creepy because they, they are. <laughs> yeah, when you really think about it, I mean, even, even uh, you know, uh, Pokemon, you know, if you think about like looking at those Pokemon and their actual stats, like some of them are like 3000 pounds and, you know, 10 feet long. And like, if that was, if, if I was Ash Ketchum, I'd have pissed my pants the first time I saw a Pokemon. Like that's ridiculous. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah. Like Pidgeys are like, um, Pidgeys are the size of your freaking head. Imagine a bird the size yeah. of your head. Like that can create like small tornadoes. Like I don't know. Like it- yeah, that's that's <laughs> taking a barn owl and giving it you know the power of wind. Yeah. Like- <laughs> um, but that's that's why I enjoy horror. I feel like it, it's really immersive. Um, you can really um, kind of feel the weight and terrifyingness of this world that I'm putting you in um, mm-hmm. by introducing horror concepts. And also, like you were saying earlier, the, the um, history is like a terrifying thing. And sometimes horror doesn't have to be like the monster, like the dragon or the serpent in the water. Um, it could just be the everyday actions of man and humankind. Like, you know, it's... Yeah, and I think that that's where Thorne and I strive. Thorne definitely thrives in taking history and implementing it into the game. Uh, whereas I take things, I take um, ideas and concepts from real life. So my games tend to be a little bit more quote unquote realistic in its fantasy realm. Um, but a lot of things mirror that, uh, you know, real life. And so I give my players a lot of uh, moral dilemmas. I give them, you know, like they come into a room and there's just, a, a bunch of massacred bodies you know so I, I i do more of the the side of integrating horror into the game instead of uh doing a full horror scene yeah. although the one shot that you and i did uh at adventure league at san japan was awesome yeah. and that horror that horror one shot was great and we we took it far above and beyond <laughs> what we needed to yeah far uh, past what it was yeah be. 
but we did it. So yeah, uh, shameless plug, uh, stay tuned uh, for another episode in the future. We're going to do an after action report where Robbie and Illidine uh, went to San Japan and volunteered as dungeon masters for Adventure League. Uh, and we we did like three days of basically nonstop D&D and it was amazing. Yeah, it was fun and I missed it terribly. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I can't wait till next year. Next year. Um, and like you, you all were saying, uh, your version of horror. Well, my version of horror is I do a lot of weird core, like a lot of weird um, uh, glimpses into the unknown, like eyeballs in places they shouldn't be, people mutating in strange ways, you know, like um, a sense of unease uh, mm-hmm. through like a village, like things like that. My t- mine tends to geared more towards the strange than. Um, <laughs> than like actual like like historic or like uh, moral dilemmas so uh closing uh comments uh from everyone uh before i do my little small spiel of of different uh updates and things that we're doing but uh robbie what is the one thing that you can give as advice to a brand new story weaver who they just they just bought the DMs Guild. They just bought a guide, and they just bought the player's handbook. Uh, and they've read everything. They're ready to start the next session. They know exactly what they want to do for a horror campaign. How do they do it? Um, just remember that uh, horror can come in different packages. Um, you have an idea for what you want to do for horror. Um, what makes it scary will affect people differently. So remember to use your five senses when approaching it. You want to make sure you are aware of the sight, the smell, like what people hear, what people are feeling when they're like when they're going into your horror campaign, and that will really immerse your players. Um, also, keeping a close eye on um, the like alignment and the. Um, background of the characters are in that campaign and using those to kind of supplement um, some concepts in your horror campaign will really immerse your players into it as well. Mm-hmm. Just making sure that um, you have everybody's uh, you have everybody's like uh, triggers down and that way you don't have to, that way you can really shape it to your players. And like I said, it's like something scare some people just don't get scared. But some people really enjoy it, though. So, yeah, um, uh, mine is a just a, a, a small tip uh, because when I when I set up my campaigns, I always ask my players to give me at least a paragraph of backstory, um, and I will ask them why their character is doing a thing, why their character is even joining the party, why are they why are they at this tavern for the day. Um, things like that and one of the the best things that I've ever asked my players is hey what is your character's biggest fear and you can riff off of that forever and it could be as small as just you know if the person is you know afraid of the unknown if they just they don't know exactly what they want to put as a fear as a player so they just say oh I'm afraid of my character is afraid of the unknown you can do itty bitty little things uh, and say, hey, roll a, roll a perception check. And, you know, they, they roll just high enough and you say, okay, well, just in the corner of your eye, you see a small shadow. Uh, and when you turn, there's nothing there. And just doing that 
periodically through the whole session or through the entire campaign, that can really grate on a person. It's that it's that Chinese torture of the water drop. It's just it's subtle, but it really works. What about you, Thorne? My biggest, I guess, uh, tip would be to not rely on just monsters. Yes. Just the unknown. Because you could have a group and you could collaborate with a member. Uh, you could make it an NPC, but the human factor can be so much more scary than any monster you can come up with. Agreed. And I've used it. I've used it like that before. Uh, it's it's got great rewards for it. I've seen it done. Um, it it's just it's just another facet of what you can bring to a horror game is that human touch, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. Weirdly enough, honestly. And, and just to riff off of that really quick uh, before I do the closing comments, um, taking that, that human nature, you can change a historical event. If you, if you want to use Jeffrey Dahmer in your campaign, change his name. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, damn, Robbie, like that is some dark, twisted shit. And you're like, here's the newspaper. It happened. And that makes it worse somehow. You know, um, so there's there's that. Um, but in closing, uh, if you guys liked this content, uh, like we said, it, it is a, a redo of the topic, but we uh, we inevitably came up with new things and different ideas and stories uh, for this episode. Give us a like and a follow. Uh, you can give us a review uh, on Google Podcast or Spotify, and it's a, it's a heart button on Podbean. Uh, you can also comment uh different topics and questions that you guys have on either uh any one of those those streams of media uh give us a comment and let us know how we're doing what we can do to get better and if you guys have a question or a topic that you guys want us to discuss uh we can we can do that and if you give us a, a deep enough uh question that you have we can even make a full episode and shout you out or potentially have a episode where we drag you on and, and have a talk uh, and if you guys use any of our uh, ideas let us know I mean all three of us would love to hear any time that you guys use any of our ideas in a story or a campaign um, it's all free license um, and if you use us for a podcast or a YouTube channel shout us out and let us know so we could just take a look at it and support you as well um, and speaking of support, if you do feel like you want to uh, support us, we do have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Occupied Dungeon, uh, where we have everything from as little to a dollar all the way up to have joining a campaign uh, with one of the three of us. And uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. We expanded Patreon a little bit, and there's going to be extra bonus content in each tier. Uh, and one of the ones that we're kind of proud of that we just came up with uh, last week is that we're going to be doing in-character interviews. Uh, so myself, Illidine, and Thorne as Tobin will be in character, and Robbie hasn't decided whether he's going to be in character or just as Robbie, and he's going to interview us, and we're going to be in character for the entire episode, uh, and that's available for as little as a dollar a month, and it's going to be a blast. Can't wait.
Yeah. Any closing thoughts from you guys, Thorne, Robbie? No, I have no closing thoughts. But to be fair, I have very little thoughts often. So fair enough. Thorne? I would say uh, if you choose to do horror, uh, whether it's just injected or a whole campaign based on it, uh, listen to your players, watch them, see how they look, see how they're taking it. Because, and I'll say it again, I've said it a hundred times, the whole thing is to have fun. Yes, sir. Be it dramatic, funny, or horror, have a good time with it. Because, I mean, as far as I know, just about everybody likes to be scared. Yeah. And so just just take it in stride. Don't try to force it. Be comfortable with it. Talk to your players, and, and everything will work out just fine. Yep. Yep. And with that, guys, good luck at your next session. And remember to take your, check. Uh, remember to check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied. That's that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that was horrible. I can't, I can't wait for the character interviews. I can't wait. I can't wait either. Can't wait By either. the way, bonus content. Bonus content. <laughs> uh, so Robbie are you going to uh, be in character or are you just going to do it as like quote unquote human Robbie I'm going to do it as quote unquote animated Robbie so Ooh. you can imagine me like as a Disney character and I'm just going to so, it's so a Disney princess got me it still, but I'm in like a Disney oh. princess oh. <laughs> you're going in fail. <laughs> We uh we just have to be careful not to say Disney. We don't want that. I'm the big D princess with <laughs> oh boy. Um but uh yeah, I'm excited. Um I yeah I have... my question is do you want to have questions like written down so you can ask a specific thing? Or are you just gonna wing it? I'm gonna wing it. I mean what? I'm going to pretend like I'm in a tavern, y'all are sitting in front of me. Okay. So, like, you did, like, if you, you're, in, you're not necessarily interviewing us, you're just striking up a conversation with a fellow traveler. Yeah. I'm, um, no, I'm, uh, nice. I'm Robert, um, reporter extraordinaire from Baldur's Gate. Um, you might have heard, I would, I would refrain from using your last name. Oh, yeah. Oh, you might have heard from me. I'm, uh, from Baldur's Gate and I write for the, um, Avernus Express. Um, award-winning. Nice. <laughs> I like it. That's that's awesome. <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah. Uh, and so, as always, uh, Patreon listeners that are listening to this bonus content, uh, thank, you thank you for supporting us. I mean, honestly, it, it doesn't matter how much you're giving. We appreciate every single cent, um, and we're gonna try and bring you guys more and more content. Uh, as time allows and as we get better and grow. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not going to ooh-woo. Thank you for giving us money for content. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Ooh. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so good luck with your games, y'all, and uh, we will talk to you next time.